Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Pray. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. You alone, O Lord, are holy. Come and fill our hearts with Open us to your word this day, O God, that we might hear and live and be your word in the world. For we ask it in the name of your Logos to us, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. Jesus says, I have said these words to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our lives are filled with disruption. Let me say that again. Our lives are filled with disruption. I've told many of you this story before. One Sunday after church, I was in my bedroom changing out of my suit. I had gotten my shoes off and my pants off, my tie off, and my shirt was undone when I saw out of my front window of our bedroom a state police cruiser pull pull up and park in front of our our, uh, house. I thought the trooper was going to get out and go to a neighbor's house, and I made it a a list that after my nap, I would go see the neighbor and find out what's going on. Is everything okay? I did a quick assessment, you know, also in addition to that. Um, We know the state police chaplain. This was in our previous church. We know the state police chaplain. Is everything okay? The state police used our... um, our church as an emergency debrief place for families uh, and for officers when there had been a violent crime. So has something gone wrong since church? But I thought he was going to go to the neighbor's house. Instead, the officer got out of the car and looked in his back window and started adjusting his clothes and then headed for our front door. 
Well, now I was getting really nervous. In fact, I was trembling. I was trembling. And I said, well, I need to get my pants on and go to the front door. The thing is, is I couldn't get my pants on because I was just too trembly and too nervous. I did a, an assessment. Mom was downstairs. She lived with us. Then Rachel was, was home. I called her. I said, Rachel, Rachel, somebody's coming to the door, but she didn't hear me. And then I thought of our boys, our boys, our beautiful boys. They had all gone to lunch with different people after church. And our Boys were not present and accounted for, and the trooper was making his way down our sidewalk to our door. And I couldn't get my pants on because I was shaking too much. And so I went to the door in my underwear and open shirt and sock feet, and the big door with the floor-to-ceiling glass. The officer saw me approach before he could reach for the bell, and I opened the door, and he said, everything is fine. And I welcomed him in, and I said, hold tight, let me get some clothes on. And I did. And we talked about what we needed to talk to. It was just an ordinary routine sort of thing. Actually, there's more to the story than that, and I'll tell you some other time. But everything was fine. On that day, though, my, my life was disrupted and disruption is something that we are accustomed to because we each experience disruption in our lives. Disruption comes when we aren't ready for it. Sometimes it comes when we're expecting it. And even though we're ready for it, we're not ready for it. Not all of the disruptive scenes in our lives turn out as well as that Sunday afternoon with the uh, state trooper at my house. Our lives are sailing along comfortably and then a gust comes from nowhere knocks the boat over, we're in water, we're in over our heads, and we are praying. Our ho-hum lives have become a desperate prayer. Oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm sinking, I'm sinking, oh God. The nurse calls, oblivious to what she's telling us, and she says, we've got your test results in. The doctor would like to see you this afternoon. Can you come by? Disruption. Our teenager calls us and says, I need for you to pick me up. A tornado rips apart our neighborhood. Our children in Uvalde go off to school in the morning, but not all of them come home in the afternoon. Disruption. In John's gospel here, Jesus wants his disciples to know the peace of God. He says, let not your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. But he's telling them this. He's telling them this in chapter 14 as he's readying them for a major disruption in their lives. He's not going to be with them any longer. He's going to be crucified. They're making their way to Jerusalem. He knows this, and they are too dense or in denial, and they won't admit it themselves. I'm leaving you, and where I'm going, you can't for now. Come. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. I have gone ahead to prepare a place for you. They're confused. I will not leave you orphaned, he says, but I am going to leave you. Disruption. Disruption. Be at peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He gives them this great word, this holy truth, which we cling to today, on the eve of a terrible disruption in their lives. 
Jesus wants his disciples to know this peace. I am with you always, he'll tell them later, even until the close of the age. And now he explains, well, God's going to spend the Holy Spirit. So while I'm gone, the Spirit will be with you. And the Spirit will remind you. The Spirit will be close. The Spirit will kindle a fire in you. The Spirit will remind you of what I've said to you. The Spirit will bring peace. The Spirit will bring power. The Spirit will, will remind you that God loves you and God won't let you go. The Spirit will remind you that God is with you through every anxious storm. The peace of God, Paul would say, the peace of God that passes understanding. This peace, the spirit of peace will keep your hearts and minds forever in Christ Jesus. And this peace accompanies all disruptions. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid, Jesus says. Now, not all disruption is a bad thing. With every disruption comes the C word, change. And change is usually always a little scary, isn't it? Nothing disrupts one's life like graduation. I mean, graduation is a good disruption. But graduation means the beginning of a new chapter, a chapter you haven't lived yet, a chapter that really is different than other chapters, a chapter for which you have prepared, sure. But if it makes you a little anxious or nervous, well, that's normal. So not all disruption is bad, but it all means change, and the change can make us nervous. Disruption like marriage. Disruption like marriage. Or like a new job. The great thing about a new job is we have a new opportunity to shine. We have a, maybe a new income that's a little better than before. But with this new job comes the possibility of failure. And I could be unemployed. So, so change brings some nervousness. Disruption always involves change. There are good disruptions, but they still can frighten us. Not all disruptions are bad. But God brings grace out of every disruption. Out of the bad, unexpected ones, the unspeakable ones, and the ones we've been preparing for for a long time. God brings God's grace to bear in the midst of that storm. Always, always. In fact, the very presence of God to begin with is a disruption. On Pentecost, God spent, sent the Spirit as, as the great disruptor for the church. God wants to disrupt patterns of life. We accept greed. We accept arrogance as, as the status quo, as the norm. God calls the greedy out, and God topples the arrogant. We are content with living in fear, but God is not content with that. God intent, insists on wholeness. We feel resigned to the fallow winter, but God has provided for us in the creation of seasons, and spring comes after winter with blossom and bloom. On Pentecost, the church was equipped to bear witness to God's radical, disruptive, trustworthy, unexpected grace. So, the church bears witness to this change, the church is discombobulated, and the church is commissioned to go out and discombobulate the world with good news, with, with something other than the expected status quo, with grace, 
with God's presence, with God's amen, with God's power. This is what the church was commissioned to do, to be disruptors in the name of God. To be alive is to know disruption. In John's gospel, Jesus does not prevent life's disruptions for coming. He doesn't give his disciples an invisibility cloak under which they can hide. Jesus doesn't teach his disciples how to avoid disruption. Jesus doesn't give us a pass. Disruption is part of life, part of our lives, like it or not. What Jesus does give us, though, is a way to withstand the disruption, a way to make some sense of it, a way to give us some sustenance and power and an anchor in the midst of of high seas. Jesus is eager to ease our fear in the midst of this change. Jesus surrounds us with the presence and the power of God in order that we might somehow, by God's grace, muddle through, that we might prevail. Very soon, Jesus' friends, the ones he's offering this comfort to, these very friends will see everything that Jesus and they have worked for has, has come to nothing, has fallen to pieces. The following that he had garnered to that point, they will all fall away. The evil forces that have always been on the edge of Jesus' story until now, those forces take center stage in the coming days. We would become our worst selves. We would say, crucify, crucify, crucify. Judas would betray. Peter would deny. Thomas would doubt. The crowd would turn against him. And this is the, these are the people Jesus is talking about. And this is the, the story that Jesus intimates. It's coming, friends, this disruption. My peace I give to you, though. The Romans would crucify him. Passers-by would taunt him. Mary and a few brave others would stay and mourn. Disruption. Jesus knows what he's talking about. He's not giving an easy pill to his friends. They're going to face it, and they're going to face it all, and he doesn't sugarcoat it. He just says, the Spirit will be with you to sustain you, to comfort you, to hear you, to articulate what you cannot in your prayers that come out as a groan. The Spirit will be by your side in your breath, as close to you as your breathing. To everything there is a season, a season for still waters and a time for the storm. Jesus doesn't want his disciples to lose their heads about it. He wants them to take a breath. He wants them to be attentive to his presence in them, with them, by the power of the Spirit. After the crucifixion, the disciples, as they are getting used to the new normal, the the new normal of defeat, of loss, of failure, that new normal, as they're shuffling through that Friday night and Saturday, as they are preparing for a life without him, as they are making sense of the lies that sounded so good they had been listening to all this time, 
as they're making sense of all of this, God comes at them again with another disruption. They're settled into this new norm. Haven't they lived through enough? When it rains, it pours. Another disruption? Yet, on the third day, Their friend rises again. Glory turns everything upside down, these poor disciples. Disruption. And these exhausted, frightened, weary, overworked, overjoyed disciples would remember then what Jesus had been telling them. John would go to the trouble of actually writing it down. We have his words before us. Jesus' words would make deeper sense in a new way after that day. As the clouds of disruption gather, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.